Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Real spoilers powered by ReviewSTL.com. Warning, the following film discussion will ruin the ending of any movie you haven't seen. Example... Bruce Willis is dead at the end of The Sixth Sense. See how I ruined it for you? Just like that. Here are a few more. Silent Breed is people! I am the father. Get it? Real spoilers. You've been warned. Broadcasting from the Lush But Not Lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Films and Architube, this is Real Spoilers, episode 562, your co-video recovery for the global pandemic, Heartbeeps. Now, wait a minute. Now, is this a 0% project or a co-video recovery? It's both. Okay. It's yeah, both. Yeah, it does. It definitely falls into both. <laughs> it falls into both. It should have. Unlike Staying Alive, this should be a 0%. I, Joe, I think Joe found a favorite movie in Staying Alive. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, hey, I got I got a kick out of that one he's, more than this one. He's I'll been, tell you that. He's been working on his pirouettes ever yeah. ever since we saw it. I I do have a, a three year old that tells me to do tells asks me to do ballet. <laughs> so uh, that's that's what we've been doing. So I guess uh, let's go around the virtual table and everyone can say where or can everyone can introduce themselves. There we go. This is this is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. Quick shameless plugs. Don't forget we're available on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure and subscribe so you never miss an episode. We're also on Spotify. We haven't mentioned that in a while, so that's an easy way to get us. And you can find us online, facebook.com slash real spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group if you want to converse with us and listeners a little bit more freely. And, of course, our Patreon, patreon.com slash real spoilers, where for five bucks a month you get all sorts of bonus content and you help out and we appreciate that. So um, there, there we go. Heartbeeps. I saw this in the theaters when I was like 10 years old. I was going to ask, how, how, how did you ever come across this movie? Uh, I mean, I probably saw a commercial on TV and uh, even at the age of... Ten, I had a deep and abiding love for Catskill comedians, and uh, <laughs> my goodness, I think that's what drew me in was the the comedian the, the robot that tells all the jokes. Which, as we know, I have a deep affinity for joke telling robots. Well, <laughs> we, we we know that. Sir, well, I I'll look at all the Mystery Science Theater stuff. I have around the house. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. So. I have to say, okay, so I watched this movie pretty much sight unseen. All I saw was when we were doing the little poll a few weeks ago, and we chose uh, Staying Alive because that's what won, but I saw the cover of this movie, and I'm like, what the hell? Okay, I never looked into it. So I just want to say, for anyone that hasn't seen this movie, and there's probably a lot of people that have not (laughs) seen this movie, 
This is Stan Winston makeup. This is a score by John Williams. By John Williams. They thought yeah. they had something. This, yeah, no, but <clears throat> going on to the cast, this is Andy Kaufman, Bernadette Peters, Randy Quaid, Christopher okay, Guest, is it, is, Dick oh, Miller. Is it like is it Bernadette Peters? Yeah. Is that her voice? Yeah, that's yeah, that's totally her Man, voice. I did not think I, I I mean it definitely looked like her, but I did not think it's I, I thought they got somebody to do her voice. Joe's oh, thinking like, it's uh like uh Joan Rivers in Spaceballs. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, there's a I, scene, I did not think that was Bernadette Peters' voice. There's a scene where you see like a maid robot that it totally looks like Joan Rivers' character in Spaceballs. So that, yeah, right, I, def- right, right. I know I definitely thought of it <laughs> yeah but um yeah I mean I, I was watching the same thinking the same thing when I was watching these opening credits I, I didn't yes. realize like all the muscle behind this that it's like dude I mean these people they thought they had I mean Bernadette Peters is coming off the jerk uh Andy Kaufman you know is riding taxi and they're I'm sure you know they know that he's you know this comedic genius and they're trying to figure out a way to find something for him that works on screen and and uh and and christopher guest i mean it's interesting in retrospect at the time he meant nothing um but uh but yeah but randy quaid's a real guy like they you know and this i just i thought of when when dick miller showed up i just thought of joe well oh yeah it was great uh i was like oh did joe dante direct this so but the director Alan Arkish is really good friends with Joe Dante, and so and he's well, done we and he's okay. done stuff with him. And it's interesting. So this director uh, has um, has not had a lot of luck in film. So he's directed three films that you've heard of. Not one of them is this. Uh, the other one he directed a uh, Rock and Roll High School, the Ramones movie, a great movie. Yeah. Um, the other movie that he directed that you've heard of is Caddyshack 2. Oh. oh. <laughs> There's the asterisk on there. Yeah, Caddyshack 2 and we know how infamous that movie is. But you yeah, know, but that's... the thing is is that the guy is very talented and and has um uh has had a lot of success in television. So he Directed uh, episodes of Saint Elsewhere. He directed episode multiple episodes of Moonlighting. He directed their highest rated episode. Um, he uh, he created Crossing Jordan. Um, oh, weird. Yeah. So, like, I mean, the guy the guy has done a, a lot of work in television and been extremely successful. But in movies, I mean, and he's directed a couple other movies that aren't as colossal of misfires as as Heartbeeps or Caddyshack Two. But um. And he was the second unit director on Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> oh, the yeah, the Corman oh, movie. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And so, the, oh, go ahead. No, I, it's just I, I'm looking at the cover of this movie, and it is just so unsettling. I think it's the, maybe the that's the it's f- their eyes. It's the first and maybe only time that you they've used live actors and still fallen victim to the uncanny valley oh my oh, god it's so like how is this stan winston it's so weird i mean i could see so this is what year was this 81 80, yeah and terminator was 84 no it was like 84 no? terminator, so right. yeah. this is early stan winston right yeah. like he's still he's still not not like not that he's still trying to figure it out but 
it's still early in his career. Oh, he's definitely trying to figure it out here. That's for sure. Cause, but I mean, I will give him credit. Like the, the makeup's really good. Like the Andy Kaufman makeup is, is good. It's just, there's some, their, their eyes are just so unnerving because they're, they're real, right? Like yeah. the, they're, the, they're, everybody's robots. Cat scale, the cat scale robot isn't as unnerving. For whatever, I don't know why. Because it's not he, real I, eyes. It's 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 just a robot, oh. and then and it's a it's a voice actor doing it. And so, um, but Bernadette Peters and and Andy Kaufman are are real people in those things. And and I like I think the mistake they made was using makeup at all. I think that they should have. I mean, if you're gonna set it in the future and it's this futuristic and technology is crazy. Just say they look like people, you know, and, yeah. and let the performances uh, yeah. be robotic and yeah. not rely on the, trying to create this this metallic look about them. Well, you know, you know? that's what wow. they did in uh, Westworld. Right. They Westworld, just made them real they, people. Westworld, yeah. they look like people. I mean, yeah. that's uh, that's exactly what they did. And you see how well that works. And sure, they have some stuff where, like, you know, a guy's face gets cut off and you see the robot underneath. Like, there's ways that they can show cut to a robot arm or whatever, you right. know, when they're building them. But, yeah, I, I agree. That would have been more effective. I think they just wanted to go for the star power and they wanted you to see Andy Kaufman. And um, it's just, it's really weird. But if you want it's, but it, it's so weird. If they want you to see Andy Kaufman, Kaufman, then then don't put him behind makeup and let you see Andy Kaufman like that seems like the easier s- solution and cheaper solution. I think know? they just really thought they had something here. I think they, they clearly thought this was amazing. <laughs> because at this point, I mean Stan Winston might have been early in his career, but John Williams sure as hell wasn't. No, oh my that's God. very can, true. Can I tell you how much I was cracking up when I'm guessing John Williams, like the day before he had to perform this score, was like, what do I got? What do I got? What do I got? Oh, <laughs> I got this little uh, indie thing. No one will ever really notice that this sounds exactly like Star Wars. <laughs> it was hilarious. Oh, it did. Oh, my God. There's that one theme of the song that keeps reoccurring that has like almost the exact same. I mean, I would love to play them on top of one another. He's pulling from the exact same well as Star Wars in this main theme, and it is hilarious. I, I, I can't believe like this is. And I hear Harry Potter, I, too. I hear some of the Harry Potter oh, interesting. in one of the songs. Like, you know what I mean? There's just like these little riffs where it's the exact same melody for a second or very similar. But the main theme and I'll have to maybe I can play at the end of this and maybe I can play like one after another to compare them. But, oh, yeah, I can't, couldn't help but to crack up every time it came on. And, and Ryan was watching this with me as he was playing games and stuff. And I'm like, so what does that sound like? And he's like, is it Disney or something? I'm like, well, you're on the right track. I mean, you could say yeah. that. And he's like, Star Wars? Yep. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah, it's just I, I when you when you this this has been kicked around in the real spoilers vault for a while. Uh, and, and I guess the timing was right for this one. I, I don't you know, but yeah. when I it's when certainly he, more lighthearted than a uh, movie about a global pandemic killing people. I Let's know just we did. That. We were we were talking about doing uh, outbreak or, or outbreak. contagion, and it's just like I don't know, man. Like that seems that seems a little heavy given uh, the current climate we are in, especially when in contagion there's like the death of a child on screen. Oh, you yeah. don't see that in movies all that often, especially no, like no the big budget kind of you know when you do it's like the plot of the movie you know what i mean like it's right, how this family right. and it, deals and with it it kind of is yeah 
Did you, has anybody, has, have you guys seen gotcha. Contagion? I have not. Uh, okay, it is kind of a plot, a plot point of the movie. But yeah, so this, this weird, <laughs> I, I like, and it's only an hour and like 15 minutes. Yeah, it's at 117, like it's really yeah, short. With lots of credits. I was <laughs> thankful for. Yeah. So yeah, so the movie kind of opens up with uh, like a cop robot. Crime Buster. Uh, Ed, it's Ed 209 or whatever. It is Ed 209 because they can't figure it out. That's Yeah, it's it's like it's exactly stolen. I mean, is this? No, this is predates RoboCop. RoboCop is like 87. Yeah. Okay. So no, so no, no. This yeah. predates. That's, that's what's hilarious about this. You have the malfunctioning police robot that's supposed to be this like high end piece of technology. And like when it lights up that flamethrower on the like the, yeah. the target practice thing of like yeah, the right, mother right, right. with the baby carriage. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> they, yeah. Paul Verhoeven knew what he wanted to do. Paul Verhoeven should have directed this movie. This is a, I <laughs> think RoboCop's a remake of Heartbeats. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Uh, so we just, we, you know, and then we're introduced to Andy Kaufman, who, you know, what I want to make up point something out really weird about the beginning of this movie that I don't know that I've ever seen. I can think of one other movie where I've seen this. Um, the film starts before the studio logo. Hmm. Oh, it, you're right. You it s- is like a, like a mini trailer for the Ed, to, for the not. It's like a cold, it's like cold yeah, like, open. Right. Like you see the crime buster scene. And, and it's a pretty lengthy scene. I mean, it's probably, what, 90 seconds and two minutes? And and, yeah. and then you get the Universal logo and then the opening credits. Hmm. Huh. Can you think of any... I wonder why they did I don't that. know. Can you think of any other movie that's done that? I really can't. I mean, the I'm o- sure there's something out there, but it's not sure. common. The only one I can think of is Tropic Thunder opened with those fake trailers. Oh well, I guess Grindhouse. Then, if you're gonna, yeah, Grindhouse did that before the studio logo. Oh no, the where the trailer, the trailers were in between the movies. But if you watch them separately, wouldn't didn't they put them on at the beginning? I can't remember of like. No, I don't remember because like the the first trailer you got was Machete, Mm -hmm. and then you got Death No Planet Terror, and then you got the trailers for those four movies, and then yeah. Death proof, but yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't know. Like maybe they were just like, "Look, man, we got to get them quick yeah. because if we don't, <laughs> we're screwed." But I, they I were found, screwed. I found that uh, not Ed two hundred nine pretty funny. I'm just like, I mean, in a ridiculous way where it's was just, that Christopher Guest? No, Christopher Guest Who? is is the is the um one the two guys the the guy and the girl in like the scrapyard. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's okay, Christopher okay. Guest. That makes sense. Yeah, man, he looks really well. He's uh, he, he is, is very he was young, really young. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it might yeah. have been one of his first movie roles, but he gets like a credit. But yeah, that's like, true. He, he is did, in the I, opening credits. Like he's you know, it's. I mean, but it's also a pretty big role. It doesn't list him as introducing, but I don't know what he would have been in before that. Well, the voice hmm. of Crime Buster is Ron Gans, and he has no profile picture on IMDb. So excellent, <laughs> excellent. There you go. If you want to know, <laughs> so. So yeah, so we're introduced to Andy Kaufman, and his robot is kind of like a—he's uh, kind of like C three PO. I don't really know how. Like that's kind of his role is like the the butler esque. Yeah, they programmed him with no uh, like charisma. You know, they they skipped that functionality because he does like stock trading. He's just all business, right? And he uh, he gets put up on the shelf because he's I guess he's getting decommissioned, and he is standing next to. 
uh, like this socialite robot who is played by Bernadette Peters. Uh, and they kind of engage in like this conversation and he, there's, uh, he's like trying to learn like social skills, I guess. Right. Like that's, that's, she's trying to have a conversation with him, but he, he doesn't have the programming for socialization. You know, he says that his owners probably didn't go for that, that upgrade. And so she, as a socialization robot, a party robot is trying to converse. And he's like, you know, what would be the answer to your question? You know, oh he's just, and, and he's like, he's doing, that's a voice that Andy Kaufman had done. It's a like, variation. That's kind of the voice from taxi. Yeah. It's a variation on Lotka from taxi. It's basically Lotka without the accent. Um, it is, yeah. yeah, and yeah, but he would like drift into um, yes. this Jersey accent, like yes, and it didn't all wasn't always there, but sometimes he would drift into like this this Jersey thing. It was very, very odd. I noticed that it's, too. It was weird because I'm like, what? I'm like, is that where is that coming from? <laughs> I, maybe he just got lost in the I th- lost in the role. I don't know. Yeah, I, I was wondering. Like, I don't like. Did he stay in character for this one? Because he was kind of notorious <laughs> yeah. for that. And you know, I was, yeah. I was oh yeah. Curious. Just did he just pretend to be a robot the whole time? But like, I, I love. I love the theory that he's still alive. <laughs> I don't believe it. And but it's fun to play. No, with. I don't believe it for a second. But it's just kind of like somebody was like, if anybody was to pull this off, it would be him. That is but true. This would be this would be an Andy Kaufman joke that would be like a legit Andy Kaufman joke. Oh, I right. But yeah, I, but going back to this movie and, and like the development of it, I, there's all these names attached to it. And so clearly we know they thought they had something, but how, why, like watching this movie, I'm just like, what are they trying to do here? I, I don't know why they thought this would be so great. I mean, I think that like, they're all looking for the next star Wars, the next close encounters. Like they're, you know, yeah. I, they were, I think the studios were looking for these sorts of properties. And so they were like, oh, robots, mm, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. And well, we got robots. Did you robots guys that are trying to trying to trying to bang it out? Yeah. And, the, and, and this beginning scene and how I, funny is it I to think, see Randy think, Quaid so young? I think this is a robots. They would clank it out. They would clank it out. Yeah, yeah that's a good. Yeah, that's a good call. Randy Quaid, like, pr- yes, very pre, young Randy pre Quaid, crazy and very young. Like, he's just looks yeah. like a normal dude, young guy in his twenties. Like, but even weird. he'd been around for ten years at this point. Like, he'd been nominated for an Oscar. Like, he's like yeah. he did. Yeah. For what? Uh, what was he nominated for an Oscar for? Uh, the Last Detail, nineteen seventy three. Okay, yeah, and then wow. and then he was, you know, he was had been in a, a Paper Moon, right? Like, oh, sure, sure, sure. You sure. know, so I mean, he he'd been around for a while and was a unknown. He wasn't cheap. I mean, he wasn't yeah. crazy expensive. He wasn't necessarily couldn't necessarily open a film, but he's certainly something of a name to be attached to a movie he, like this. He was like late twenties, early thirties in this movie. And it's, it's still, it's just so weird now going back and seeing him this young for, for us who have been, uh, you know, acclimated to his, his more recent years. And, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I would say that most people our age probably were introduced to him in independence day. That was, I can fly, you know, and uh, I'm, a, the, I'm a pilot. Yep. In the vacation or, you know, like, yeah. you know, interestingly enough, he's also in Caddyshack too. Well, there you go. As oh no, Dan Aykroyd plays that part. Who is he in Caddyshack? Uh, he's the uh, he's I believe it's Jackie Mason's attorney. 
Okay. And he's like very crazy and and like it, it like really like amped up and hyper and huh. crazy. Here's a here's a little little factoid. His brother was supposed to be in Halloween. Oh. Oh, there you go. Because he he was da- he was supposed but to be Bob. He was supposed to be the guy brother. that Michael Myers kills and sticks to the wall. Because he was dating PJ Souls at the time. Gotcha. That's interesting. And they 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 wanted him to be, but he was doing something else and he couldn't do it, so they just got that other guy. But yeah, he was originally cast in Halloween. There you go. So what I noticed it was like, okay, this movie is so self-contained for the first two thirds of it. Like they their whole interaction, being put on the shelf, these guys talking in this warehouse. They're like, we only have enough budget for this makeup and for this <laughs> big climactic showdown or whatever, and so. I just thought it dragged on for 20 minutes in this warehouse. Let's put these robots on this shelf. Oh, look, here's another robot for this shelf. Let's just tell jokes for five minutes. Like, it's so self-contained. And then let's go into the woods and just walk around the woods. It's just like you could tell that the budget wasn't huge. I mean, for back in the 80s, it was $10 million. But it's, I feel like it's a big budget. It's big. In the but, 80s. But I feel like for like sets and stuff, like they're it's very self-contained. There's like three sets in the whole movie. Yeah. And like they, whenever yeah, you see them in this, like walking in the city, it's the same street. Yeah, they right, right, right. keep going to the same street over and <laughs> yes, over and over again. And when Ed 209 is coming through the forest, it, they just keep replaying him going through the same part it's of the almost, forest. It's almost, it's that, isn't there a Simpsons joke where it's just like the animators are so lazy, they just make, they just reuse the same animation cell over and over and over. Yeah, right. And it's just like the same cell of Homer walking yeah. around the same, like this this long hallway. <laughs> well, you would see that on the, just the, same the Flintstones, like they would walk in the background, the oh, background sure, would sure, just sure. be on a loop and they'd keep passing mm-hmm. the same potted plant or something, you know. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, so the 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 there's a storm, and of course, like the Bernadette Peters and uh, Andy Kaufman like get close because they got scared because that's a thing that robots yeah. do. Yeah, um, yeah, the, the, and they start holding. <laughs> that's the main thing why this doesn't even hold up because it's like they're robots, they're programmed. It's really weird that. <laughs> you should want these robots to fall in love. And and this is different than like Westworld, which Westworld is like these these robots are free thinking and they can make decisions. And so, you know, there's that whole question of, well, should you be able to contain a free thinking thing, even if it is a robot, like it has a conscience and, you know, that's the whole debate. But like here, these are like, like uh, these are robots. task robots, right? And so yeah, it's, right, it's just right. so weird for them like to fall in love. There needed to be some sort of plot device a plot point about how like they're malfunctioning and starting to develop more human interactions like that, you know, like they never, yeah. they never explain what makes these two robots different from the other robots or is this happening with all other robots? You know what I mean? Like, and so yes, there, there needed to be, there should have been something that explained why these robots were developing their own, feelings because i mean because they go off and the first thing they do is they create a baby robot <laughs> yeah right yeah oh wait baby- did you say you did go ahead. did you say you saw this in theaters I did. what was that experience i really like? don't i remember being kind of bored and waiting for catskill to tell jokes like that's um okay you know i really don't remember a whole lot about it and i remember it was in theaters for like a week it was gone like it did not last <laughs> at all but um, but it's always stuck with me. Like it's, a, I mean, it is a, if it, it's a memorable movie, right? Like, are you ever gonna really forget having seen this film? Oh my gosh, no! I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to. <laughs> but you won't. You'll fail. 
No, I no, I will fail. Yeah. You're right. No, it's it is definitely memorable. It's just yeah, it, it's so slow to move though. Like that first part, and then walking around the forest along. I you could just tell that this movie's like yeah, we've got these three locations. We have one action set piece and like, okay, a fourth location. We're going to go to a a junkyard and that's it. So they just had to film them walking around talking and, you know, like the bad jokes and, oh, it was, it was pretty rough. Yeah. It's bonkers. It's bonkers that this movie exists. (laughs) Yeah. And I also think it's funny when you talk about Crime Buster being not Ed 209, they go off and create a baby robot who's not Wally. Oh, I was thinking, I was thinking Johnny from Short Circuit. Okay, a little bit, yeah. But 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 it's the same. Like I, Johnny, right, I, Johnny from Short Circuit is Wally. I could see those two, and then also I could. I mean, keeping with the Star Wars theme, I thought he sounded a lot like R two D two. Oh, yeah. I think question. I think they stole like. Oh, we have a little small robot that wheels around. Yeah. Like, there's no way they didn't steal that from Star Wars because those noises a lot of times were the exact same. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah. So they they decide oh, it's snowing here. So yeah. There's that. Yeah. Oh, I, I've, I've, your house. Yeah. I'm yeah. seeing outside my window too. Strange. I'm <laughs> yeah. in the basement, so I have no idea what's going on. Um. So yeah. So the uh the Andy Kaufman robot decides he wants to go look at the mountains. So he to hit on this girl. He wants to go collect data samples <laughs> from the. <laughs> yep that's a thing just because she brings up earlier like she wants to have a conversation about the mountains and he doesn't know how to respond but he sees that she's interested in them so i guess he decides that that's the way to her core hey now uh yeah so they 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 enlist cat scale and they they sneak out very uh like scooby-doo scooby-doo style yeah uh, it's it's, like past the the warehouse workers you're saying cat scale it's cat skill Oh, is that what it is? C A T S K I L L, and he's, oh, he's maybe I should explain this for for younger listeners. Maybe they don't under they probably don't get the joke. So, uh, the Catskills is uh, where a lot of Jewish summer camps were. Uh, so, like in the movie Dirty Dancing, they're in the Catskills. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they would provide provide entertainment. For their, because people would go up to the Catskills and they would stay there for you know it was it was it was wealthy Jewish families and they might stay up there for weeks or months in the summer, and and uh, they would provide entertainment and so there was a circuit for Jewish comedians that they would work the Catskills and they would go around and perform and they're they're different like they would have dinner and then there'd be a a, a performance whether it be a singer or, or then a comic and so uh so the Catskills were. Where a lot of Jewish comedians cut their teeth, so you know Henny Youngman, that's where Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis met while performing in the Catskills. So calling him Catskill is is a reference to the fact that he's very much an old school, like the guy who's the voice of of Catskill was a contemporary of like Milton Berle. He was always on like. He was on Ed Sullivan a lot. He was on the Joey Bishop show. He was in that, you know, so like he's very much of that era. That's why that that robot is called that it, for me. I thought he was trying to do like a like a Don Knotts. Uh, well, to me, impression to me, I thought he sounded just like Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, yeah totally. No, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Rodney Dangerfield. I don't th- I don't know if he would ever performed in the Catskills, but he's definitely that 
type of but it was but also, that delivery the way that he delivers was a lot like Dangerfield yeah totally and it was before you know the Catskills were before comedians started having like stories and it was very shtick and and set up punch set up punch take my wife please like that kind of stuff Oh my gosh, the the joke that Ryan was cracking up at was the bedroom one with the you know he's got a, the dog or whatever has to sleep under the bed, but but uh, you're gonna have to get used to the smell and, oh. and he's like and, and <laughs> oh, the husband yeah. says yeah well I, you know you just got to get used to it like I did and, yeah, and, yeah. He, he was he basically was like burn <laughs> gotcha he thought, it, he thought it was so funny so yeah so they they embark on this journey into the woods and uh, home before dark. The home before yes thank you um and then i guess the andy kaufman robot decides he wants to drive a car and yeah. the like I, the line that i did think was kind of funny was bernadette peters was like my my internal sensors are uh going a little crazy do you mind slowing down a little bit he's like no no i'm not gonna slow down and like the, she does it twice and they, of course he crashes the car and they have to that's oh, when they make oh what talk about the budget on that car crash. yeah no kidding the one where it's just we a can't black film screen. it so we're just gonna come back to it later and they he, just wake up in the morning in the, li- in the forest he literally <laughs> describes the crash yeah. before it happens right he's like i think i can fit between these two trees <laughs> Fade to black, open, oh reopen the scene, and the car stuck between two trees. It's like, oh, no, I, I guess I couldn't. I misjudged it. Like, dude, they had $10 million budget. And like you said, I mean, I'm not saying it's the biggest budget, but for 1981, and it's like, they're like, no, yeah, we can't film this. No, yeah, you're out of your mind. We can't do this. Uh, yeah, so this is where they make the, the baby robot. And then... Uh, what parts did they make it out of? Parts from that truck. And then, yeah. like... <laughs> And they gave him his bow tie, right? Is that what they did? Okay, yeah. But yeah, like, I mean, I, because, I, because Randy Quaid and the other guy go back to the truck and it's all taken apart. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, there are pieces inside the truck that they used. Uh, I guess maybe but, the, it was a robot repair truck, so that makes sense it would have parts. Because I'm thinking, like, okay, how do they yeah. make it out of a truck? But it is, like, it said on the truck that that's one of their, like, that they go pick up parts and robots for. Like, I, I do like the fact that they're they're working for GM. Like, this is what GM yeah. has become. So that was, <laughs> yeah, I did notice that. Yeah. There was some product placement for sure in this movie. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, Coke. There, yeah, Coke in the bag. That's weird. It was here. Be- go, go get yourself a bag of beer. Yeah, <laughs> gross. And it's why wouldn't future. you drink it? Why wouldn't you drink it like a Capri Sun? Yeah. Like, why would you tear it open and then try to drink out of the bag? Well, that you sounds know, like a terrible idea. Here's the thing. I don't think Capri Suns existed yet, so they didn't oh, even they invented oh. Capri Suns. They didn't even think about like you could poke a straw in there. They were just like, well, I guess you just tear open the bag. And then yeah, he holds up a Coors like plastic mug which is like what every plastic mug in the 80s looked like like sure. that's you know and so it's funny that they have this futuristic bag and beer in a bag but then it's the same 80s 80s <laughs> plastic uh <laughs> mug that like the Keishi morning zoo would give away. right we can only be so progressive yeah you know uh yeah so then the boss for the for the robot company gets all all mad because the these two dopes let the these three robots that i can't really figure out why it matters oh like, no there's a line that references that like why they're so okay. so concerned about getting them back um and that's because um the lady says it's like the lady says uh the helicopter pilot 
um, says oh, it's the like military it's line. like in the army when you lose your rifle, you got to pay for it. And so they okay. they think they're going to be on the hook for paying for these these two three robots that went missing. Okay, that sort of makes sense. Hey, just uh, because I want to maybe uh, like step away from this film for a second, I do want to circle back and tell you that Capri Sun, nineteen sixty nine. I'm looking it up too, <laughs> but I did was oh. it. 1969 in the old-fashioned pouches. Yeah, I, that's what was my next question is, does it look... Yeah. Does, but yeah, no, you're right. Here's one from 73 that's got the straw. So I don't know yeah. why they wouldn't have done that. That's weird. Yeah, here's that's a, a picture choice. of Muhammad Ali holding a Capri Sun. Yeah. Well, they figured out their gimmick because those things are great. Um, Yeah, So, but so like the, there are... See, like the, the Ed 209 is like... I guess he hears the boss yelling at the two, the two dope workers. He acts like the boss is telling him to go get it because he's just there yeah. listening. Yeah, and he's, he's like, like, "Okay, boss, I will go on my mission now to get them back." And I mean, it's so stupid, but my favorite part is the Ed Two Hundred Nine stuff because he's so dumb and the way I, he, that he just like <laughs> he irritated the crap out of me because it was so oh. the writing was so lazy in that like he who is he talking to? Oh, I no, yeah. Like I mean, it's, no, it's it's stupid for yeah. sure. I just the fact that he thinks like the opposite of everything, and the way he assesses each situation is so terrible. <laughs> it's yeah. just like I couldn't help but to think it was funny. And we didn't even mention, but that little baby they make, Phil. Did you yeah. see that he's voiced by Jerry Garcia? No, I no. didn't. Yeah, like Grateful Dead, Jerry Garcia <laughs> did those noises for <laughs> Phil. Oh my God, that's hysterical. That's probably where so, eight million of the dollars went. <laughs> yeah no kidding so i mean if you look at again all the cast and crew that were assembled in this movie it's just so insane what they thought they had here and and, and they ah, i just like i actually have it playing in the background just so i could look at the creepiness of their faces oh. and it's in it you are right like the fact that they thought they had this <laughs> weird love story between two robots whose faces like their eyes don't move it's oh, just their mouths. They're close-ups of them. I mean, it's so creepy. Yeah, it's insanely creepy. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So the Ed Two Hundred Nine is like. There's these scenes that are like interspersed throughout the movie where <laughs> he's chasing them. He's on. He's on the chase. I like how he has uh, a nose that sticks out from behind it between his wheels yeah. <laughs> to sniff the ground. <laughs> so weird. Uh. So yeah. So the the robots are kind of making their way, and they realize that they won't be able to walk around at night so they decide to uh like go into this cave and i where they where uh the andy kaufman robot decides to uh like have a conversation with a bear who i was just like i mean just put a guy in a bear suit at this point why why are you spending money on an actual bear yeah they got a real bear that was the, crazy. They, <laughs> they had good uh, animal work in this movie, you know? Like, it, like there's a shot where they cut to the raccoon, and he, like, covers up his eyes like he doesn't want to look at it. But it's a, oh, yeah. but it's a real raccoon. Like, it's not Did a you, puppet. The amount of animals in the forest that they cut to each animal. Yeah. It's like, there are so many animals in this movie. <laughs> yeah, you've got, there's, like, the bear, there's a, there's a bunch of rabbits. 
that's well, that's that's what they did was they just said like yeah we have three sets and we're gonna just keep the sets very minimal and then we'll get animals we'll get bears we'll get this stuff we'll bring everything to us because we're not gonna really do much in this movie other than i almost thought of it as like small little vignettes you know there's just like yeah. not much going on but they're like oh here's a wacky situation with some animals this feels it, like a tv show yeah like that's that's what this feels like. No offense, um, TV shows. <laughs> no offense. Well, you know, TV shows were weird. Well, the, and, but this guy would go on to direct a lot of TV shows, right? Yeah. So. yeah. Um. So the the baby robot decides to go up and have like a, a conversation with the bear. Just real quick, uh, back to the yeah. TV show thing. I will say that I, I feel like for most mainstream filmmaking in this, you know, in in the seventies and eighties. Unless you're getting into the true auteurs, unless you're getting into a Godfather or, you know, uh, um, a Spielberg movie or something, most of those movies look like TV shows. Like, yeah, that's true. They did not. Yeah, they were not cinematic unless they were purposefully cinematic. Like if you were making a, you know, a Cleopatra, which I know is the 60s. But uh, but, you know, unless you were making like a deliberately like this sweeping epic, you know, like. I watched Arthur about a month ago and uh, and like I think that's a great movie. I love it. I think it's hysterical, but like it doesn't look appreciably different than the TV shows of the era. No, Caddyshack Caddyshack doesn't isn't cinematic. Right. Totally. Yeah. No, you're right, too, because you know what? This movie, I'm just trying to think of a movie that we've seen recently that is from the same time period. And it was right on the money, basically. Uh, Halloween three looks just like this. And that was 1982. It does. So if you think about so the filmmaking of the time just all kind of looked this this you can you can tell what period it is by the look of the films. Yeah, I, I didn't even put the Halloween three thing together, but you're right. It does look very similar to Halloween three. Also starring Dick Miller, right? Wasn't that Dick Miller? No, or who no, was, that's Tom Atkins. Tom, no, the yeah. old guy though. Who was the old guy? Cochran. Yeah, maybe maybe that it was, was not it. Dick Miller. No. Who was the old guy that was uh, Halloween Three? Is the one where they were like trying to take over the world with the yeah with yeah the it was the yeah. it was the Irish guy and they were taking the Irish guy. Who's the Irish guy? Uh, not not Dick. Oh wait. No, not Dick Miller. Dick okay. Miller is from like Gremlins and stuff. Okay. Oh no yeah. no, you're right. You're right. Sorry, wrong one. Yeah. But yeah. it does have Tom Atkins. It does have Tom Atkins. I'll give you that. Uh, yeah, buddy. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> Dick Warlock, right? No, that's the... Dick Warlock played the shape in Halloween 2. Yeah, and he was one of the weird uh He was robot. the first one. Yes, he's the that's... first one you see. Yes. Yep. Got my dicks mixed up. <laughs> you have so many dicks <laughs> we, to Wait a minute. <laughs> wait, we, need to, we need to cut it that and edit that. That's the new t-shirt. No way. That's that's <laughs> <what> that... <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. That's his name. That's their names, yeah, right? Right, right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So then they're like, "There's th- this is the most TV cut of the movie is where the, the little robot's talking to the bear. And then all of a sudden the bear sees um, the helicopter that is searching for the robot. And then they speed like the bear has like this oh, reaction. And then they speed it up where the bear runs away. Like I something out of a TV sp- show. The speeding up in this because they do it with the car, too. <laughs> Yes, the they beginning. do. Like, <laughs> it's almost like a Benny Hill yes. kind of thing. Yeah, they you should know, have been like, playing yakety sacks. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so yeah, so the the two dopes are using a helicopter to try to find. And the, like, how could this, they just robot family commandeer a helicopter? <laughs> I, I think that's GM's <laughs> helicopter. It says GM on the side. Yeah, but like they they work in the warehouse. 
Like that's a great point. Like two guys, guys in the warehouse helicopter. are just like, I need a hey, helicopter. Hey Marge, can we borrow the helicopter to go find these robots we lost? Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> sure, boys. So yeah, so then this is the this was like the weirdest part of the movie for me. Uh so the night has fallen and they're uh the Andy Kaufman robot is kinda like uh his shoulder is messed up, so Bernadette Peters is uh trying to fix the shoulder and they start talking about like their emotion drives yeah and how like they're going into like they're they're experiencing weird so then they hug and then like they're both like it, I, their lights basically start they're hugging. In the back. yes yeah. yes and i was like what is ha- please don't kiss like that would be even weird i can i can handle the weird robot hug but if you guys kiss this is gonna Give me night terrors for the rest of my life. <laughs> could you imagine, like, <laughs> so weird? Could you imagine, like, C three PO and another one of those, you know, C five three sixes or whatever, you know, all those ones that like look similar, like them falling in love and kissing? It would be awkward as hell. Like, yeah. there's nothing then, like attractive about that. No. And then uh, the the cat skill, right? That's how you say it. Cat skill, yeah. Catskill, yeah, and and the baby robot come in, and they both the Bernadette Peters and Andy Kaufman kind of like separate, like they just got caught having sex, right? Like their son just walked yeah. in on them, like hooking up, totally. And it's just like, what? What They're are we like, doing? Oh, what are we I doing? Was checking the, for the motor function or something, like making up yeah. some lame excuse. <laughs> uh, I was doing, the, and then of course, like they both the other two robots have this ridiculous reaction. Uh, so but they never like, oh, that's right, like. I think the wood falls off the other row. I, it was stupid, but then it it it. Oh is well, well, Catskill's holding a bunch of wood because you know robots yeah, need that's fires right, that's right. to stay warm. And <laughs> sure, so, because yeah. that's a thing. So well, why? And also, catch- speaking of Catskill, why does he smoke a real cigar? <laughs> I don't think it is a real. cigar. It is I a real like cigar. It's... No, no, no. I, I. So I, I've given thought to this. It's a real cigar because when we're first introduced to Catskill. Randy Quaid and the other guy are like are like on a cart that's pushing him out and he yeah. takes a puff off the cigar and Randy Quaid coughs. Huh. That is a real cigar. Or supposed to be. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean I think it's just, you know, because these were such such realistic characters, Tom. <laughs> they had to make sure real cigars were used because I mean you would have thought that robot was a real thing, a real functioning robot, right? Yeah. Yeah, they 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 convinced me. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I I I'm reading here about the movie and it says that uh um that Universal Pictures gave Andy Kaufman a blank check to make this film after focus group testing indicated that children liked robots apparently oh. in the wake of R2D2 and C3PO. So oh so our this was not the robot they were hoping to get. This, no, these were not the robots they were looking for. No. <laughs> but they uh <laughs> But but we were right in our theory that it was like that it was they were trying to capitalize on Star Wars and this future stuff for kids and that they were apparently going to make another movie with Andy Kaufman about Tony Clifton, his character, his lounge singer character. And this yeah. movie did so badly that they scrapped it. They were wow. like, Man. they walked away. What from if you, uh, would you say that he even had like a movie career? No, he didn't. I mean, I like, right? like, yeah. He's one of those comedians who's considered a great comedian, but never really found a role on in a, a film role that captured his genius. Say, I would say the same thing's true about Richard Pryor. He made a lot more movies, but I don't think 
he ever made a movie that truly captured what made Richard Pryor a great comedian. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't. Th- you don't think those Gene Wilder ones did that? No, I don't. I mean, I think those are fun movies, but like he yeah. doesn't really get to be Richard Pryor in those movies. Like if you see Eddie Murphy movies, if you see Forty Eight Hours, you see Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, like sure. you see Eddie Murphy doing Eddie Murphy stuff. Where Richard Pryor, they were because Richard Pryor was like I. I mean, I because he was kind of like the the first black comic to break out like that. I mean, Bill Cosby right. book. Bill Cosby was so family friendly that it was a different it was a different animal to, to use him on screen you know mm. but right. even then right, I, right, I don't right. know that he ever found a film role that captured his comedic genius as weird as it is to praise Bill Cosby on any level he never had a movie that worked no that's what I'm saying he had TV shows yeah, yeah, that yeah, worked. I agree I mean honestly he had a TV show that worked he had you know he had they kept trying it not work and it not working well I spy was pretty popular wasn't it that's true. I Spy, but it, even then it only lasted like three seasons, I think. It wasn't on yeah. very long. But I Spy, I mean, he was the first black man to star in a TV show, you know? Right, and, right, right, right. But um, uh, there's also a story about this movie that Andy Kaufman went on Letterman and apologized for the movie because it was so bad. And he was like, <laughs> he's like, if you see me on the street and you, he's like, I will personally refund your money for having seen this movie and, and, oh my gosh well, and letterman you know, letterman said to him i hope you have change for a 20 <laughs> <laughs> um, you know i uh one thing i want to say real quick is support your local libraries i would like to thank our st louis county library for did off- you find this here for offering this on hoopla the digital service it was free i couldn't find oh, it. you son of a bitch i paid four dollars to rent this yep. thing i paid three dollars it was free on hoopla the only only streaming service that you didn't have to pay to rent it was Hoopla, which is great. If you since everyone's stuck at home now, you need to go on Hoopla and Canopy. Canopy with a K. They are two services that are completely free with your local library's access if you have an account there. And you can rent movies, rent audiobooks, digital books. You can rent like ten things a month and it's completely free and it's a great service. So I, I it's it's crazy. We had to, we just had to get passports for a vacation that we're probably not going to go on oh. uh but yeah like the it's they there's the library offers so many services it does it's a great that resource you didn't i have i couldn't tell you the last i mean shockingly enough <laughs> couldn't tell you the last time i was in a library um but it's just like the you know they do passports they do uh like digital stuff i mean their music anything you could video want games. in a library you can go rent, video yeah for you sure can go for rent sure new video games instead of buying them for 60 bucks i would just reserve them at the library and play them for a few days or a couple weeks with ryan and take them back zero dollars and we were talking about you can reserve on their service maybe i shouldn't let the secret out there but you can yeah, reserve uh, you, no more you know they'll just tell you when they're ready and they get into the system pretty soon or close to their release date and so you've got to use your library uh there there are so many great things that people don't realize i mean they have some comic books and graphic novels there they have oh but you magazines. can request anything you want yeah it's 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 amazing so anyway but that's a little uh little trick for you at home if you're looking for extra content and you've gone through your netflix and watched the office as many times as you want to do seriously sign up for it's called canopy and hoopla and if, as long as you have a library card you just register and i'm not saying it's available everywhere but a lot of the major cities have libraries that are connected with this system and uh, it's good stuff well, I'm I'm pissed that I paid three dollars for this movie. Sorry, my my Amazon queue isn't good. Like my recommendations are gonna be like, we don't 
know <laughs> what to recommend to you at this point. Yeah, no kidding. The algorithms are all screwed up for you now. Staying alive, heart beeps. I don't know. <laughs> You're a weird dude. Uh, <laughs> well, I already knew that. It did. Yeah, that's true. I watched some awful horror movie the other day. I was like, all right, no, it's on free on Prime. I don't care. Um, but yeah, so then they, they, they go into this town because they have to get like battery life because they're dying, which is just this whole nother. Yeah, they need energy packs. Sure. Okay. They need batteries. Also, they act like if their battery runs out, they're dead. Like they made such a huge deal out of leaving like the cat skill whenever that whole thing goes down. I just it was so weird to me. Where I'm like, can't they just if they just go get battery or power and, get another and, battery pack, put it right. in there, and yeah, like so I, I just, mean, I guess you could make the argument if their battery dies when they're in the forest, what are they going to do? Like if they're not where they can get a battery, then they're done. Until somebody yeah, finds them. Right, for the ones that run out, sure. But I'm also like, you don't think there's any way that these robots have something to recharge in? You know, like, or, or this I was... This is the 80s, Kevin. There's no there's no recharging pads or anything like that. You just gotta... I was thinking you know, that hope, little robot that was gonna have a part to charge them up, but... Oh, well, they, they didn't happen. No. no. I, guess the, I guess the mama robot and the daddy robot didn't have that piece no. to uh, give to the baby. They did not. Uh, this reminds so, me of the episode of Futurama where Bender has a son. Have you ever seen oh, that one? This this is like a weird uh, Black Mirror episode that doesn't go bad. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Oh. I was like, this is the oddest episode <laughs> of Black Mirror ever. Uh, I, I, I could see this like Black Mirror being like, okay, so they're all subservient, but what if they all turn on everybody and just all of a sudden we are the subjugated to the robot overlords? But no, that's not what happens. But in this like, movie. what that's... are the filmmakers? What what is the writer trying to say with this movie? Like, J- John Hill is the one that wrote this movie, and it's it's just so weird because I can't really get a, a grasp on what they're trying to say or why we would like. I I didn't see any kind of point being made. Like, don't don't make robots because they have feelings. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like What on earth were they trying to say with this movie? <laughs> I have no idea. And, I, and I, John Hill I, would the... would go on to write a great deal of uh quantum leap episodes hmm. which is also kind of like black mirror yeah yeah a little bit you know yeah uh yeah so they go into this town looking for stuff and then here comes ed 209 and somehow they oh my god him? with the shrubs well with the shrubs I, and then they kind i will of like, say when when they're pretending to be trees and and the Ed two hundred nine is like, well, what about this little tree? And they're like, it's a shrub. And I was like, <laughs> it's a shrub. Okay, that's yeah, that was a good line. <laughs> yeah, funny. it was so ridiculous but, that I, they're, they're <laughs> hiding behind trees and they're like, no, that sounds crazy. We are trees or whatever. Like, yeah, <laughs> but somehow they like reverse psychology the the Ed two hundred nine robot to like make him mess up. Well, yeah, because you know criminals. Criminals can't be robots because robots are are programmed not to be criminals. So, but they are criminals, so they can't be robots. It's <laughs> an Isaac doesn't it's know a, what to do. It's an Isaac Asimov trick, right? Like a, Isaac Asimov had like there were like rules for robots. Yeah, and, and so it was like like a a robot. It, you know, I forget what they all were, but there were like three rules, sure. and and a lot of the stories revolved it's around the laws of robotics. Yeah, yeah putting ro- isn't that wasn't that wasn't that iRobot? I mean th- that I mean that's an Isaac based on an Isaac Asimov story. Yeah, yeah, and, and they had okay. rules. Yeah, but it was yeah. like the robots can't hurt. The robots have to do what people tell what they're ordered to do, but they also can't they can't hurt people, and so they would they would like he would write these stories that would put them in 
what positions where those two rules would be in conflict and then that would you know be like what will the outcome be and that's kind of what they're doing here with with the not ed 209 which was also uh a repurposed robot from it was had been used as death probe on the six million dollar man Oh, that's that, it funny. looks it, it looks like that kind of robot. It looks it's like a uh, Dalek from Doctor Who. It does, it a, does little bit, a little yeah. bit, yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I I looked it up. The Three Laws of Robotics by Isaac Asimov were introduced in 1942 short story Runaround. The three laws are: a robot may not injure a human being through inaction, allow a human being to come to harm. A robot must obey the orders given to it by human beings, uh, except where such orders would conflict with the first law. And a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. And in the inevitable conflict, the machine generalizes the first law to mean no machinery may harm humanity or through inaction allow humanity to come to harm. So I don't know. That's those are just the rules and i guess a lot of different stories like tom said revolved around it and that's what you see in irobot when they're trying to figure out who are the who's the bad robot sure uh i did not murder him that's yes. all i remember from that <laughs> uh yeah so they end up going to like this somehow trying to seek refuge in this rich person's party yeah the party bot says hey but parties are so fun right? you'll love them <laughs> Uh, and the Ed 209 like follows them to the party and destroy like blows up the entire house. He turns into a boat. I thought it was so ridiculous <laughs> when he's like, "Oh, I will go get them," and then he. Turns I will. <laughs> he he's like he sounds like Doug from Up. <laughs> like that's I, we like I just you know yeah. given that I can't leave this goddamn house, I just we we Bella or Gwen and I were watching the uh, the shorts on Disney Plus. Yeah. And I forgot that there was a Doug short that, like, gives you the – right before he f- enters up. And, I like, his voice – as soon as I heard uh, Ed, not Ed 209's voice, I was like, oh, man, he sounds just like Doug. That's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they um, they don't get the power packs. Like, they're everybody's kind of – like, this is the moment in the movie where there's supposed to be tension between everybody, but they're robots. So it doesn't really work. Andy Kaufman didn't want to go to the party. And the socialization, Aqua, the female robot, says, oh, but it will be good. And there's so much fun to be had or whatever the stupid excuse was. And then when they all get blown up and discovered by the Ed 209, he's like, now I'm mad at you. Yeah. And she, she like, she's like, no, you have to talk about your feelings. And it's like, no, like, can we not do like the <laughs> relationship movie where the the man robot's like, I'm not talking about my feelings. And of course, the the woman's like, no, you have to. And then that <laughs> comes back around later. Um, so they're they're making their way, and is this where they get to the junkyard? I believe so. Yeah, I, is yeah. that right? Okay, so they get to the junkyard, and they're they're trying to. Uh, uh, like get battery packs, and this is where we see Christopher Guest. Mm-hmm. And is this where Catskill Catskill gives up his battery? He does that in the forest, so it may have been before they get to the junkyard. No, I, I think can't it's remember after but... the junkyard, like because they're they leave the junk because they decide they have to go back. Oh, to that's the, it. They have to go uh, back to the uh to the factory to tell uh, them about them running out of battery like to get, yeah to get the little one or something i can't something remember. like that so they have to go back and so they leave the scrapyard to go back to the to the factory and that's and then she lies about how much power she has 
Oh, that's right. That's right. Because that's where the argument comes back around. Yeah. Where he's, yeah, that's right. That's right. So I missed it. Um, so he says he has 38%. Was he telling the truth? No, neither of them were. Neither yeah, of them were telling were. the truth. Because I, I looked away, and I and and it's hard to back up on Voodoo. So I was just like, how did they run out of power at the same time? If so, they were so it's like an O Henry story. They were both lying about. <laughs> yeah, right. To help right. The other uh, one. Yeah. yeah. Was it fl- flowers for Algernon for both of them? No, flowers that's, for Algernon is is not, isn't doesn't like where he re, he re, he. That's like, where they make they take reverts a, back to what. What's where they take a, a guy who is mentally. Mental disabilities and 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 they make him smart, and then he and then it starts to wear off, and he has to go. Back. Oh, that's right, that's yeah. right, that's right. Oh, so it's like when Homer gets the crayon out of his nose. Yes. It is exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what it's based on. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Uh, so so yeah, so basically, oh the O Henry story real quick is the gift of the Magi, where like she goes out and he goes out and buys his wife for Christmas like a comb for her hair. He's and then. Then she cuts her hair to buy him something, and they both end up not being able to use the gift because they sacrificed oh. what it, the gift would be used for in order to give the other one the gift that they now can't use. Like it's kind of mm-hmm. like that. Got it. Uh, then that's exactly like this. Yeah. <laughs> so they uh, they end up like going like the they give the the joke robot gives his power battery to this the kid. This is the most clever thing in the whole movie in my opinion. What's that? When Catskill gives uh not Wally his yeah. his energy pack, <laughs> right? Right. And Annie Kaufman is like you're at 42% power when both of them were at like 8, right? And right. he's oh, like right. he's like how are you at 42% power and it's like because he's been using low powered jokes the whole time. So like <laughs> that, w- his that was pretty jokes good. are bad deliberately because he did. He was trying to save his energy, which I, th- I thought that in all fairness was brilliant. It was pretty, uh, it's hard to, di- it's hard to dispute that. It was yeah. pretty clever and also explained how bad the, the terrible right. liars were. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It's like, it was kind of a nice moment to be like, no, we know that these are bad jokes. And that's the whole point. But it's also it becomes a plot point in that it was purposeful so he could stay alive longer. Like, oh, I, yeah. I did. I did love that that moment. I can see it was pretty slick. Yeah, I can see that. And to me, at this point, it was just like, oh, my God, that was just like a corny gag that I'm like, oh, my God, are you serious? But, yeah, I could totally see that. <laughs> uh, Yeah. So he gives up his battery to the kid and uh, he kind of I guess he just quits working and they leave him. Uh, so then they. The other two robots kind of make their way into this. Of course, they make it perfectly into this clearing of the field where they can uh, Bernadette Peters can can watch the sun set and they they join each other and they're holding hands and they both all of their power goes away, basically. And they're they're left in this uh, supposed to be very beautiful scene where they're holding hands as their power dies out and the sun is setting in front of them. Uh, it's and then it's very I know they don't they don't they don't stick with it but it's also when we talk about all the movies that kind of do something similar that came after it it's very AI I never saw AI okay the ending of it's it's very reminiscent of of the ending of AI in that I mean that scene if it had held and they had really ended with that like it it it's reminiscent of that hmm. okay okay uh, so Randy Quaid and his his doofus buddy come by and they find them and they throw them in the back of this truck. 
uh, Randy Quaid sees the little baby robot, uh, like off in the distance, and I guess decides has I guess he's got the heart of gold. No, they they had the whole conversation about it earlier. He doesn't have a serial number, so he's no. They don't care. Uh, and he's okay, like, we lost okay. three robots. We're not bringing back four. We need three bat robots. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Okay, that makes sense. So when he sees him, he's like, "Yep, well, whatever. Uh, see you later, buddy." Uh, that's how the robot uprising starts. Is like you take <laughs> that kid's parents, and he gets pissed. He dun, turns into dun, bat, dun, robot. Dun. bat robot. Bat <laughs> uh, So so yeah. So we flash forward a little bit, and we see the. It looks like the two guys have kind of got a gotten a promotion, and they're drinking coke out of a bag now, which is just as gross as <laughs> the cores out of a bag. Uh, and they talk to the helicopter pilot, and she's like, "Where are those robots?" She's like, "Ah, we scrapped them." And you're just like, "Oh." Good. What, what? How is this going to end? Because there's no like you don't really know what's going to happen, right? Like there's there's just no rhyme or reason to this movie. So because well, well, first of all, you're like, who cares? Like there was nothing. Yeah, right. Can about we get to the credit story? So you're just like, yeah, whatever. I, I think this <laughs> movie's ending is one of the greatest acts of. It's a op- good head fake. One of the greatest acts of optimism I've ever <laughs> seen in Hollywood. Uh, you're not wrong. The idea it's... that they're setting this up for a sequel. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, right, yes. right. That they thought they had something that they were able to get another one out. Right. It's so like they, uh, the, but the head fake. So they cut to the junkyard where they're quote unquote scrapped, and you see all their parts in the in the heap, and you're like, oh my god, they're just. There's. Just... I gotta tell you, there was a moment where I was like, man, if they end it like this, they're just dead in the junkyard, and they cut well to them, done. and they're wearing it... like Hawaiian vacation clothes, and they're like, but like oh, we tricked but... them. They basically <laughs> pretended to malfunction so they could be thrown away in the good guy's scrapyard and be repaired. Right, right, <laughs> and they make another baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now there's a girl yeah. baby. They make, they make a, a girl, a girl baby robot. <laughs> I, Tom, I am no longer allowed to take for Monster Squad. No, the thing is, though, is <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't say this was a good movie. <laughs> good try, though, Joe. You're still defending uh, I, Monster wow. Squad. <laughs> but, I love Monster Squad, but you all, but you're leaving uh, out what in today's world probably would have been a post credit sequence or a mid credit sequence, which is then Crime Buster. Oh yeah, sure, sure. Breaks sure. out and and is going out to find them again. So like, yeah. yes, like yeah. they were clearly it, thinking that they were going to get a part two. Yeah, that's a that you're right. That is that is some serious optimism on their part. I I don't know how they thought that was going to happen, but I, I also want I want to know like what they thought while they were making it. Oh, supposedly, well, like, what were they? What were they thinking? Like you you get some of those dailies back. I just picture Andy Kaufman being like, what. What am I doing? Well, and supposedly well, uh, Alan Arkish took forever. He'd never done a big budget movie before, and he was taking forever to set up his shots, and people were getting extremely frustrated with him. Well, imagine being in that makeup and trying to have to sit there and just wait. That sounds terrible. It, well, know, and I read that the makeup uh, would would melt, and so like they would only have like a little bit of time to shoot the scenes before the makeup oh, would start, sure. to mil- start to wilt. The other thing that we haven't really talked about, though, as we've talked about this entire movie and how silly it is and all the crazy stuff, it's like the dialogue and the performances are really bad. Like, yeah, it's a bad it's movie, like, man. But, but like, they're it's not, not like, a good movie. Like Andy Kaufman is not good in this. Like, the no, is he's, terrible. But his yeah. performance is awful. Just the whole delivery because, and because everything. he doesn't he doesn't play him like a robot. He plays him like a baby. Yeah, it's really weird. oh yep, that's a good point. Yeah. Like. It, it and I think some of it's because the you know like the voice that he you know like 
the voice that he would adopt on stage that would become Latka was kind of a baby talk sure, kind of a thing. Sure, it sounds like a yeah, baby voice. And my, yeah. my son was like, he sounds like Jar Jar Binks, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, yeah. he does a little bit. I mean, he doesn't use the weird syntax and the Misa kind of stuff, but like he does have that tonal quality to his voice. And and uh, but because of that, he doesn't sound robotic. He's he sounds like he's baby talking the whole time. And so, I mean, it it graded on me. And then Bernadette Peters. Oh, it are, was, oh my God. Bernadette Peters already kind of has that Cupid doll voice. Yeah. So between the two of them, you know, it, I, I and that's it, I, I, I watched enough stuff with her where I feel like I would recognize her voice. And I just feel like it didn't sound like her at all. Yeah, I don't get that at all, because I thought it sounded just like her. Like, she, you know, okay. she's, I mean, okay. she's in the jerk, right? Like, and that's how she yeah, sounds. Yeah, she's, I mean, I was thinking, like, uh, Blazing Saddles and... Uh, she's not in Blazing... Franken... No. Who am I thinking of? You're, oh, you're thinking of Madeline Kahn. Yeah. Yep. You're thinking that's of Madeline... That's why it didn't sound like Bernadette Peters. Right, yes. That's why. I, I was like, she sounded just like Bernadette You Peters. thought she was like, Madeline Kahn? I, I, for whatever reason, I know who Bernadette Peters yeah. is, but for whatever reason, I was thinking Madeline Kahn. Oh, that's funny. Okay. I take it back, Bernadette Peters. You sound just like yourself. Oh, okay. She was, <laughs> uh, was going to call yeah. in, but. Yeah. Well, you know, what do you get? You know, it's, but yeah, there's uh, Heartbeeps from 1981. Oof. A forgotten film for a reason, but. Wow. I, I love drilling down on these, like, just these misfires, especially, like, you know, it's one thing like when MST3K finds like some like forgotten B-level movie that was that was clearly a passion project for somebody. Like Manos sure. the Hands of Fate, as bad as it is, like it was made by people who really didn't know how to make a movie and but they yeah. just wanted to, right? That's not what this is, right? This this is made by people who know how to make movies and they still put out something like this and and that is always fascinating to me. I yeah, I, was I was blown away when John Williams when his name came up here and then Stan Winston I'm like these and are you know big what? players it the pro- the producer of this movie is Michael Phillips like he I, that's Close Encounters of the Third Kind like he's a real thing too wow. like I mean top wow, they, man they did think they had something top didn't they? to bottom they thought they had something you know. Wow. I guess this was just so, a gamble, though. I mean, this was, you know, just a few years or probably started production a couple years after Star Wars. And they're like, this could be it. This could be the next big thing. And they rolled the dice and they just didn't have the the talent to pull it like the writing talent, the story. And and just I don't know. It just didn't come together for them. Looking at the at the Amazon list and says customers who also watched. So we've also got Condor Man from 1981. Oh, we can, uh, maybe we should on, do that I, next. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Under the Rainbow, Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger from 1977. I don't think that's the. No, that's. I was thinking that may have been the uh, Lou Frigno one, but it's not. Uh, the Incredible Shrinking Woman and Ice Pirates. So it's just like you are you are in some interesting company. Yes. Heartbeeps. Somebody's going through watching bad movies like yeah. that. Oh you know, yeah, absolutely, I mean, when, absolutely. When those are, those are your. Uh, your recommended viewings like that says a right, lot. right 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 oh this it, it reminds me those titles um our friends over at the epic film guys podcast they're doing canon films every episode is going to be a new they're canon. doing all of the can they're going through wow canon films and so they're talking about oh my gosh the list of movies is hilarious so joe you're gonna have to definitely tune in for that special i'm gonna have to yeah that's man they've superman superman four yeah they taught they were just talk going yeah. through some of them and talking about that and then i think uh the um what is it? The Conan Four with Lou Ferrigno or whatever, like Sinbad. 
There's a no co- Hercules. 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 Sorry, sorry. Hercules, yeah. Hercules yeah. two, whatever. Lou Ferrigno, and um, they're going to do Break In. There's, there's. I'm sorry. They're going to do they Break did, In uh, two. Master, Electric Boogaloo. Masters of the Universe. Yeah. So that'll be fun for uh, them. Yeah. American Ninja, which I, I love that movie. <laughs> Weren't a bunch of those Death Wish sequels canon movies? Uh, th- after I think yes, one and two were like studio movies. Yeah. I think the ones after that were canon. I just watched one and two recently. Oddly enough, Christopher Guest is in. Deathwish um, one. He's what he's one of the one of the bad guys, right? Yeah, I mean with Goldblum. Well, there's pretty much Charles Bronson. It's all bad, and guys. then everybody <laughs> else is a bad guy. Like that's so. it was. It was Rambo five before Rambo five. Yeah, so, and they weren't yeah. all Mexican. Like they. Well, wait till you get to the crackdown. Okay, I haven't. Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm just that's, on two. So that's the racist one. Yeah, because it was like I. It was funny to watch these these movies because like you could tell that they were going out of their way to like not make it racial like they were you know like they would even the gangs were like you know the colors of Benetton like they you know they were (laughs) it was like there was a white guy and a black guy and yeah like they they were trying to not be inflammatory but they still wanted you to watch criminals get killed so but they uh, they gave up on that in part five gotcha so yeah I have that to look forward to so uh Anyway, I guess uh, I guess that's it for this one. Let's go around the virtual table, and everyone can say where to find them. This is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at Joey Butts, B-U-T-T-S-21. This is Kevin. You can find me at home, like everyone should be doing, and on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And this is Tom. You can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online, Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group. Wherever you're getting your podcast from, be sure and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And then, of course, uh, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash real spoilers. Five bucks a month, all sorts of bonus content, and you get the joy of helping us out. So thank you. Um, That's it for this one. No idea what we'll talk about next week. No. <laughs> With no clue whatsoever. So, but we will do our best to figure out something because uh, we're all stuck at home and we don't got anything else to do, right? That's right. We'll so be here. We will be here. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, Andrew's brain lasts 200 years. <laughs>